0: What is up, Brad fans? How you doing? Welcome back. This is another episode of our look into the political sciences, specifically Canadian political topics. So if you're a fan of that, if you're Canadian, or you're just a fan of Canadian politics, please enjoy. Uh, We were down a man today. Uh, Scott wasn't here to join our regular panel of regular ordinary guys, doing Canadian politics punditry, but Steve and Coleman were here, and we talked about the, of course, the uh, latest revelations of um, unmarked graves of children from residential schools. We break it down, we give you the context, we give you the background in the the episode if you're not aware of it, but it's a very important issue when it comes to Canadians uh, and Canadian relationships with Indigenous people. Um... We also talked about the grand reopening of my home province of Alberta, where COVID is no longer a thing. We talked a little bit about just how the guys are feeling about um, having all of the restrictions lifted, the vaccination rollout, and then also a bit of the politics uh, behind that for the local provincial government. And finally, we kind of touched on this ever-looming threat that we're going to have a federal election in Canada at any moment now where the liberal minority government is going to call the election because uh, they're riding high in the polls. So we talked about that, but we also talked about specifically why the opposition Conservative Party hasn't been able to gain traction. We were all kind of befuddled by this, uh, as it seems like they've done all of the things you would think they would need in order to sort of court the middle Uh, the center voter, the center-left voter that might be, um, you know, kind of tired with the current liberal government. Uh, Anyway, uh, that's the topics we covered. Uh, I'm not in my usual home still, so the recording sound is maybe a bit different, uh, and you'll likely hear my son Henrik uh, squealing in the background from time to time. Um, Not much I can do about it. Other than that, as always, Go to the website, Um, Give us a follow on the social media. Send us an email. Send us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you, and we'll play and read basically all the messages uh, we get on the show. Uh, you can also subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts. That's also helpful for the show. Uh, you can rate and leave us a comment on those apps where you're getting your podcasts. Also very, very helpful. So once again, just go to tworadforyou.wordpress.com Everything is there on how to uh, reach out to the show, follow the show. Uh, we also post show notes, all that kind of stuff. Um, and you can donate if you if you like. There's a link there to donate to the to the show. Help keep the lights on by uh, me, mostly uh, a beer or two. It's always nice to have while I'm editing these episodes. So thank you all once again for tuning in. Head over to twobradforyou.wordpress.com when you get a chance. And enjoy the episode. Well, folks, we are we're down a man today. We're down a man today on the uh, the regular, everyday, normal voter panel. The three, the the four guys that like to weigh in today only three uh, with their opinions because you know really that's what the internet needs, right? Is another another bunch of uh, middle-aged dudes with microphones giving their opinions about wow well, politics the weather climate change what else are we going to touch on today boys uh let me do the introductions as I always do in the north representing Edmonton Coleman how you doing
1: oh it's it's great to be back it's, it's a it's not 40 degrees today and I was able to find my way home in the smoke yesterday so very very happy happy to be on the show.
0: Right the smoke from the raging forest fires all over Western North America really it's Um, really BC
1: they can't keep their shit together and keep their province from being on fire and as a result we have to deal with the smoke
0: we're the real victims here. When are you guys just gonna build that wall? build that smoke wall? We're just gonna put a giant HEPA filter across the border <laughs> Steve, Steve's down. He's the loan representative from Calgary today. So, Steve, how you doing? I'm doing great. Just building it up one sandbag at a time. The wall. That's right. <laughs> sandbags, notoriously uh, smoke proof. <laughs> Nothing gets through them. Uh, sandbags, wow, we could be using some sandbags over here in Germany. I, of course, am in Germany, uh, currently underwater. My region's fine, but, you know, we're not going to get into climate change, but I think we can all agree, or maybe we won't, that the climate seems really crazy these days. It seems pretty normal to me. We have smoke every summer. (laughs) Things seem fine. (laughs) Things are fine where I am. Ergo, there's no problem.
1: Yeah, there was rumors of a town in B.C. that set a Canada-wide record at 50 degrees Celsius, but if you look on the map now, it's not there. It's completely gone. Right. Some say it's almost like, yeah, it's almost like it completely burned down several days (laughs) later. But I don't know. I think it's still rumors and hearsay. If you ask
2: me,
0: yeah. Well, based on the internet uh, circles you travel in, I'm sure, yeah, it never existed.
2: Mm -hmm. It's a hot, it's a hot summer jam out here. You just got to get your mister out, and uh, you know, go frolic. You get a little
0: smoke, get a little mist. It's nice. The best
2: summer ever.
0: Smoke meats smoked meats all around well yeah you just hang up your your meats
2: out on the deck and uh they smoke
0: it's natural 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 cedar smoke and with a little bit of pine burnt pine beetle thrown into thrown in there too um that's a real local canadian reference you know pine beetle problems Um, you should joke about pine beetles (laughs) well let's move to a topic that we shouldn't joke about and no one's joking about it. It was a big topic and we have to start. We have to start here. It's uh, it's been discussed a lot in Canada already. Um, the news made made it all the way to Germany. I was fielding questions about this uh, over here in Germany, um, and that is the, the really terrible discoveries at the former residential schools and um, for the people in europe and other places that are listening that aren't aware of this this residential school program was a program put in by the you know early colonial governments of canada uh, that was basically meant to assimilate the native children that's to put it in nice terms assimilate the native children the native people into you know western society christianize them civilize them that kind of thing uh they use terms like we need to kill the indian in the child um, make them Western. So basically what you ended up with was uh, indigenous children being forcibly removed from their families um, and brought to these schools where they were not allowed to use their language, uh, lots of stories of abuse, uh, physical, sexual, you know, mental Um, And for the longest time, you know, we all kind of knew about this, this program, we knew that it existed. Most people would tell you it was bad. We'll get into how there's still some apologists out there. Um, We all kind of knew it was bad uh, that it was, you know, and we kind of like we do with so many of the indigenous issues in Canada kind of said, yeah, well, it happened in the past, you know, and we didn't really want to talk about it. Recent recently, though. I think two or three sites at least uh, across Canada we've found, we've discovered the remains from mass graves, mass graves at these sites, so unmarked uh, graves containing upwards of 70 to 100 uh, bodies of native children that were presumably from uh, victims of, of the residential schools. And it's brought the whole issue, you know, right back to the forefront. Now, this these discoveries were kind of made, you know, what, like a month ago It was when the story really broke. So we're kind of getting to it late. But like I said, we can't do a, a, a podcast on Canadian politics and not talk about this. So my question to you guys to just start off the conversation on this is what is the current mood in Canada? You know, I'm away. Has the story faded or is it still in the forefront? Um, and then we can get into sort of specifics about where, how does this move the needle? Will it move the needle? Yeah. I don't think any of us have an answer to the, the complex, um, problems that are indigenous, you know, um, other people relations, but, uh, who wants to jump in? Do you, are you, are you guys still seeing it? Is it, is it in the forefront?
1: Um, it hasn't really gone away. It's still like, especially cause they keep releasing, they keep, keep finding finding more finding these which i mean looking back it's not they're not really finding them they know they're there it's just like they've been ignoring them for a long time um so like canada day was pretty subdued this year not only because of covid but because of like a lot of people just weren't really interested so that's been kind of interesting to see but uh yeah it's not great at all and just canada's history of so you see, like you say, we like. I remember back in school, like you learn about residential schools, and you're just like, oh, it's a school that they sent these Aboriginal kids to, and it was great. And you're like, okay, that's fine. And then you next time you learn about it, it's like, okay, maybe it wasn't so great. Like, this happened and this happened, and then finally, it's like, we've known what happened there for years, but just every time we have a reckoning with it, we learn a little bit more about it, and then ignore a bunch of this other stuff. So hopefully we can kind of just get it all out on the table about what really happened. Cause even like that truth and reconciliation committee asked to like, look for these, these grave sites and they were denied in 2014. It was mm-hmm. going to cost like $20 million or something like that. And they said they didn't want to spend the money on it. So it's something we've been ignoring as a country for a long time. And hopefully it does keep in the, keeping the public mindset
0: going mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. Steve, uh, maybe just initial thoughts
2: yeah um thank you so i actually think that after canada day the the news cycle kind of has um dropped the the story a little bit and and at least in what i'm looking at maybe i'm just watching too much golf news (laughs) um british open underway round four right now by the way uh colin morikawa leading by two strokes Um, no, it's, uh, I I do think for sure, like there's, there's different news cycles, right? There's the actual news cycle, uh, from newspapers, whatever, um, television news. Um, and, um, I would consider myself maybe, uh, not as heavy a consumer of that, um, during the summer at least so maybe I'm a little off base but um and then there's also like the the real news you know like uh Instagram shit and how many people are posting uh uh you know their their support or their their uh outrage or or whatever and uh that's definitely dropped off i've seen uh a new fad of baby eyes where they close no, open, has baby, cute baby eyes, maybe
0: the peekaboo. Maybe, what do you know? I'd be interested I, to see Bart's you know, Instagram Brad? feed at this point. I, I have a child, but I haven't seen this on Instagram, so I, I want to get in on it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, get in on it.
2: No, I, I I'm making light, but I, I do think I, it's slightly disappointingly, like I, I don't, basically, uh, and not even just kind of the, the social media, which. Um, I, I jest, but I, I'm not really, not really too hard up on that stuff either, but, um, just the conversation, the conversational climate around that was so, uh, that's all anyone could talk about for a, a two or three week period. And, and now it feels like it's out of the, the conversational loop almost. Um, I do want to say, um, and, and I, I know it is, uh, somewhat, when you correct, or when you kind of look for, uh, the, the factual way of things, it can seem like you're, you're downplaying things or whatever. But, um, I know this might not be the case everywhere, but I know in Kamloops, they, they made a, a very important correction on, on the gravesite to say that it, it was not a mass grave hmm. after the fact that these were unmarked graves. But it wasn't a bunch of bodies in in a hole. It was right.
0: I guess that isn't that that isn't important. Like, like you said, you don't want to diminish the fact that there was still a bunch of unmarked graves, meaning that families did not know where the body of their child was, or Mm -hmm. possibly didn't know even what happened to their child if their child was dead or alive. So that doesn't diminish it. But the imagery of, you know, a bunch of bodies in a hole. Uh, a massacre. Yeah, uh, like that is different than than, and it, we you could even argue that one, like what's worse, the fact that it, you know, like, I don't know, is a bit off topic, big dark, but you know, the fact that it's like, okay, it doesn't have to be a hole in the ground with a bunch of people dumped in it. But the fact that you could over time, just sort of hide these unmarked graves away, oh, speaks, yeah. speaks to the systematic nature of the of the problem of the the system yeah. that was there, uh, yeah, um, where kids just just dis- yeah, it, kids just disappeared and they never came back, mm-hmm. and the families yeah. were left wondering what happened. Uh, you know, indigenous people you hear their stories and they talk about they would just tell us that they ran away. You know, we were always told that so and so just ran away, uh, and we would hope that that's true. Uh, mm. But now they kind of realize, or they always had a suspicion, but now we're all kind of slapped in the face with it, that it's like probably a lot of them didn't run away and they were yeah. kept here. And it speaks yeah. to, like you said, uh, Coleman, that like people knew, like it's not like this, you know, somebody in power knew about this, right? Uh, and the Catholic Church is is taking a lot of heat for it because they ran the schools. You know, it was a government, you know, church sort of, uh, you know, collab. Um but uh yeah i don't know it's i think the other thing is
2: if sorry brad i didn't mean to cut you off there but uh the the idea of a a mass grave and and a, a bunch of graves obviously the difference in my mind is if you have a mass grave that means it's buried all at the same time yeah and that means that you probably you know kids don't die of neglect or these other horrible things
0: all at once disease
2: or whatever all at once so if you think mass grave you, you think they're they probably lined up and and shot basically yeah. um and I you know despite the fact that obviously when we're talking about this the abuse uh there were there were murders by the the technical um
0: definition you know
2: definition of murder there for sure were murders there were also um there's also disease there's also and and disease due to bad conditions, which is also you know that's criminal obviously yeah. there's also um you know natural death, i suppose it's probably a co- covers a small percentage of it as well but and it's so hard for us to know what the cause of of these deaths were right now, which is the difficulty in in how you kind of go after it from here, but the the simple fact in my mind is the that um the act of concealing it is uh, in in itself uh, that's also a crime and probably the the thing that we should talk about um you know that's that's a huge part of the story for me is uh, not just that these kids died but then that there were. Uh, That it was basically hidden. Um, And, you know, I I think that there were organizations involved. When you say the the Catholic Church uh, was involved, that's absolutely correct. But they weren't even the only church involved in running the schools. There was, I believe, Anglican and United-run residential schools. Um, The difference being that they they apologized for their role in these churches uh, 30 years ago. And then, the because government the of Canada has yet to do so. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I think that a representative, a, a Canadian representative. Uh, if if I'm, if I'm uh, correct here, the bishop or who's the guy, from the country, the arch,
0: maybe a cardinal. A cardinal. Yeah. Yeah. Let's call him
2: the cardinal. I think the Canadian guy did, but uh, I don't. I don't think the pope did. Or no well, the I don't.
0: pope. Pope was taking heat for not doing it, um, mm. the, the, yeah. So I mean, the concealment thing, of course, um, yeah. And it just speaks to you knew it was you knew it was wrong. You know, like you don't hide it if it's you know if it's just like oh you know some kids it was an accident or we had a this or that or whatever. You know, you don't hide it then. Um, maybe you know it, it's concealment or it's just absolute disrespect for the for the people. You know, you, neither mm. one is good. Um, But I guess I t- the interesting thing to me now to see was that there was more people, like you said, Steve, maybe, it, you know, maybe it's died down. And I guess like it's it's tough to maintain sort of um, whatever social media or, or cultural, like, you know, just in the zeitgeist, in the, in the conversation, anger about something. Uh, even as, as deplorable as this when there's no movement, right? Like there's nothing new, okay? So it's like, yes, now we're all appalled, but now what? But mm. to see that initial reaction of, of the appallment, uh, you know, of people being appalled and Coleman, like you alluded to, the the stuff about Canada Day, people talking about canceling Canada Day and all of this kind of stuff, that to me was important because that's something we haven't seen before. And I guess that's what Unmarked graves of children will do but for the longest time the the reaction and and it's you still see it government officials in manitoba are, are are taking heat on this right now the initial reaction i think of non-indigenous people in canada when dealing with when they when the subject of indigenous issues rights abuse previous abuse land ownership whatever it is comes up is to be a defensive you know, that's kind of how I grew up with it. That was always what I saw and kind of how I felt for a long time about it, too. You always the, the initial reaction is, well, that wasn't us. You know, we didn't do that. It, that was in the past, what are we going to do? You know, it's not my fault. What you know, don't blame me for this, that kind of thing. And there was always and I feel like that col- colors a lot of the response of you, know, our society, Canadian society to to this issue. Whereas this kind of you started to maybe see a shift where people said, you know what? You know even at the very like I think the most truthful answer is yes We didn't do it. Our, we didn't do this ourselves. The last residential school wasn't closed until the 1990s You know, I'm sure there was better oversight by that time, but still, you know, but I think what people are acknowledging is that the crime of the future dent of our generations is not recognizing it is not talking about it in the way that we're talking about it now so we were all kind of complicit in the in the concealment in the sort of cover-up in the sweeping it under the rug now does that change i don't know i've alluded to to you know the premier of manitoba making comments about how uh, the residential schools were was actually done with good intentions they never meant to to, to cause any pain and then the latest, the new Minister of uh, Indigenous Affairs in Manitoba said this in a press conference, something very similar, uh, that the residential schools were designed to give the Native American uh, kids the skills they needed to survive in, in a new society. And he was immediately called out on the spot by Wab Canoe the, the leader of the, of the Manitoba NDP, who is Indigenous. And just said lots of bullshit man like you gotta you you can't be apologizing for this stuff, Alberta, our government, the government, there has known. um, People working on their curriculum, the new curriculum, who espouse these views as well have written about them and stuff so do you think that these people these views are no longer tolerable uh, in the public conversation or. Are we still going to see this kind of wishy-washy sort of, well, you know, they need to get over it, or, you know, it wasn't us, it wasn't all bad, blah, 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 this, that, or is that is that sort of times up? Coleman? Um, yeah, I definitely think, I think
1: people move so slow with changing their perceptions on stuff, but it definitely seems like we're finally getting away with, when someone says something like the residential schools had a good, they had a good intention from the start, like people are kind of seeing that statement for the bullshit that it is you can kind of see the backlash to it where before there'd be a lot of support of it almost i'd say like if if you're starting a residential or a school program for indigenous kids trying to get them ready to live in the modern world why were the schools set up really far away from their communities and why were they stolen from their families to do it like you could have taught them how to read in their own town like bark's a teacher like it's it's doable you can send kids like teachers to the kids to teach them you don't have to do that um it's definitely becoming less less accepted i think a lot of people like you say that um they're like well we didn't do it why are we forced to apologize for it it's like well i might not have done it but there's people in my age group on reserves and in the indigenous community that are still dealing with the the after effects of it quite recently like their parents could have been in a residential school like that's pretty close Mm -hmm. Like, and there's still like uh, waves of trauma and drug addiction and like PTSD that are kind of still going forward from that. And it's pretty irresponsible to say that just because I didn't personally have anything to do with it, that I'm not not somewhat benefit or I didn't somewhat benefit from it. And yeah, whenever like these these idiots out there saying things like that, like that Alberta, you're talking about the guy that's involved in the Alberta curriculum is the one that shared a picture of. Kids at a residential school in a play structure and tweeted because they were smiling. If they were something along the lines, if they were smiling, why? Or residential schools couldn't have been a bad thing because they're having a good time in this one picture. It's like any reasonable person can see how stupid that statement is. Like it just doesn't. You can't back it up at all. Like you're just embarrassing yourself when you say shit like that. So I think it's being called out more and more. White people in general, like I say, move pretty slowly as far as we'd like just snap your fingers and all of us to be on the right side of an issue, but there's a lot of dumbasses out there that you have to like slowly pull across the line. So it's going to be, it's going to be years and it's going to be a lot of stupid white men saying stupid things (laughs) and hopefully being called out more. Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm a white man and I'm stupid and I say stupid things, but I try and at least be somewhat conscious
0: about the stupid things that i say well and you record them and put them on the internet for everybody to hear so i mean at least mm. you're at least you got that right um yeah.
1: i will be canceled within the next
0: two years guaranteed. Yeah. i mean again like i said we, we're not going to be able to solve the complex issues of what do we do now what government policy needs to change and stuff but steve i'll throw this one to you you know i've said you know is it changing coleman's like yes the Culture, you know, the society kind of is changing on that. What do you think then of, uh, what do you make of the strategy of some of the, we'll say conservative politicians uh, to sort of try and walk that line of, um, you know, Jason Kenney did it when they when statues were being torn down uh, uh, in response to this story, you know, trying to walk that line of like, well, yeah, it was bad, but we got to respect history and, and, you know, this kind of thing or the when people are saying cancel Canada Day, Aaron O'Toole took the stand to the conservative federal conservative leader took the stand to sort of make a make a point to um, say no, you know, there's a line here because um, i can see that i can i can honestly see uh you know burning churches for example there's a there was a wave of churches being burnt uh, in response to 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 this story breaking that seems a bit too far but what do you make of the sort of the guys who are kind of already walking this line with sort of the fringe uh we'll say um maybe people who would still be inclined well, obviously the Alberta government is employing someone who's inclined to do this and they think he's a good guy to, to redo the curriculum. Do you think that's a good strategy for them like moving forward? Is there enough of their base that would still be receptive to that message?
2: Um, I With guess giving you no de-
0: polling de- data whatsoever.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. I guess it would kind of depend regionally. I, I mean, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's advantageous to do this type of stuff um necessarily but um yeah i think when when people are forced to confront that kind of historical uh the the historical crimes of the past and and you know they perhaps lived through that time where you know for us we we mostly for the most part at least did not i think that that defensive uh, nature or whatever it is That's just, that's just people working through their own shit, I think. I honestly, and it's, it's just kind of noise to me. It's just white noise. It's, it's pretty inconsequential. Um, Obviously it it can be hurtful to hear that, but I mean, uh, it's just, you know, it's what you, your feelings on this as a, you know, 40, 50 year old guy, white guy or non-indigenous person. Um, they just it's totally irrelevant it's like it doesn't matter this isn't about you you know yeah it's not about how you feel about it uh you just need to i think you just if if you can't uh say something that has a little bit more contrition then you just need to shut the fuck up and <laughs> and uh get out of the way i don't know it's, uh, people just can't uh, have a hard time dealing with it because and and i get it it's like People feel like they're under attack sometimes uh, despite the fact that you know that for them and their family they didn't do anything uh, directly wrong, uh, you know, they weren't a part of residential schools, uh, yada yada, but to to see it through that lens is just uh, it's a pointless thing to do. Um, obviously when politicians start doing it they make fools of themselves and it's like. Okay, I, I can't see how that can be a good thing for you in the end. I don't think the pendulum is gonna swing back to when we all kind of nod at each other over our cigars ten or twenty years from now and say, you know what, those residential schools uh did have good intentions. Mm-hmm. All right, good. I don't it's just not going that way.
0: So um I guess the, the distinction though that we could make is, you know, there's the people there's you know, there's the people that say those like blatantly stupid things that like well it wasn't that bad or this or that and then there's the politicians who give cover for those people say oh, well i'm not going to fire mm-hmm. that guy because you know everyone has their views or something like that but then there's the the other th- the line of uh defending you know when when people start you know, protesting in ways that they disagree with. So taking down statues, for example, or when we start changing the names of buildings and streets and stuff like this, they, Mm. there seems to be fertile ground for politicians of, you know, we'll say the right, that's where this lives, um, to defend that, like, that's a message that seems to still resonate with the base there. Um, So yeah, I don't know. I Again, I don't really have a, an answer as to what this is. I Personally, I think, change the names. You know, we don't... Does anyone really give a shit that much about John A. MacDonald? Like, we, was he taught... Like, we know that he's the first Prime Minister, Prime Minister of Canada, but is he, like, a revered figure? He was a revered well, amongst the brutally
1: alcoholic community. <laughs> the fact that he accomplished all he did, well, drinking all he did, is kind of impressive.
2: Even if God. it was really shitty you look at guys like John a McDonald and it's like um yeah he was the first prime minister he was uh but he also did things to to basically build the country as we know it today good lots of good lots of bad right I don't know I'm not saying don't change the John a McDonald names necessarily i I don't really
0: care but <laughs> Um, But I guess that's my point though Does anybody really care? Like who really cares? I think you gotta look at it like the name
2: Other than it's it's hurtful
0: to some people Like you have a group of people who are saying This is incredibly hurtful for us because we're just You know we're still finding our children in these Unmarked graves and we would like The name changed and then we have a bunch Of people who otherwise wouldn't give a Shit probably don't know two things beyond What you just said about John A. McDonald Steve which is he did some things, some good, some bad, and but they're making us, you know, a, a stink about it. And we're kind of getting off, off tra- topic here, but I, it, yeah, I don't know.
1: I don't know. I think the name stuff kind of depends on context. Like, Alberta has a remarkable amount of things named after Bishop Grandin, mm-hmm. and most of them involve children, which I think if you have any sort of uh, building or any sort of... Facility that's catered towards children, and you haven't named after anyone from the Catholic Church. You probably should reevaluate <laughs> that choice right now. <laughs> Not they just have for a residential schools. <laughs> yeah, there's a fish and place, fish and chips place here in Edmonton that was called Grand, and they switched their name right away. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. And they like they only serve some kids. Kids don't really like fish and chips. Um, there was a state, a uh, LRT station in Grand, the actual neighborhood of Grand, and that they're going to switch. But you go down there, and there's a portrait on the wall of like Bishop or, uh, Bishop Grandin interacting with the indigenous people. The first time I took the train, I'm like, "Holy shit, this is not good, guys. This yeah. isn't good mm. at all." And they just took it down the other day. So, I mean, I think you can change the name, and like for John A. McDonald specifically, you can take his name off stuff, and you can rip statues down. Some people seem to think that it's like we're just gonna erase him from history. It's like, no, he's the prime minister. We're gonna remember
0: him. But maybe we don't need a statue of him everywhere. I guess that's kind of my point, yeah. is that this idea that there's, like, if just because there's no statue or nothing's named after him, that that person doesn't exist anymore in history is dumb. It's, you know, it's... History is still history, but, no. you know... That, there's, but, no,
1: there's no there's no statues of me everywhere, and people still know that I was arrested for selling counterfeit DVDs. That's <laughs> still out there. It's still on that the record. <laughs>
0: there's yeah. a record, yeah. Not going but I guess anywhere. it's it's... The question is like who we need to maybe have a different different discussion then of like who deserves a statue, who is deserving of a statue in Canadian, you know, in the Canadian public space. You know, who can we all agree is someone that, you know, and that maybe that's impossible. You're never gonna find someone that we can all agree. You know, Terry Fox. I don't think anyone's gonna have a problem with Terry Fox, except one guy's gonna show up and be like, he stiffed me on a bill one time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: I guess, uh, like the conversation, I hate to be a, uh, downer. It's just not interesting to me, I, I guess, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the statue or the naming stuff like mm-hmm. it, the, there's clear examples where you can strip someone's name or, or take down a statue where it's just like, this is, this is absolutely clear that this person should not be recognized. um, Sean Egg McDonald does not does not resonate on that uh that level with me necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does with other people. Um and then there's just some people who uh just enjoy that kind of um having having that kind of uh destruction or, you know, that they're just in it because they're part of the wave, right? Yeah. They don't really they don't really care They're a little overzealous to... yeah and, and frankly like um you know for the most part if you're gonna be uh defacing property or cutting down statues and stuff um i would probably prefer that people not do it and it just happened in the the public uh, sphere of opinion and it gets taken down you know through the normal process I uh, like Dundas Street uh, in Toronto they just changed the name of Dundas um, and Dundas is a very uh, famous street in Toronto um, but the the Dundas guy was uh, he, he? was a Scottish guy. He'd never even been to Toronto, hmm. and he was a he was a slave guy. He was like a slave trader. Slave guy. He was no a slave guy. slave guy. guy. And For he'd never slave even been there. Guys. It's like, uh, how could you? I mean, first of all, you got to be really good at your job if you're getting named after a uh, street named after you. You've never even been in that city. Like my yeah. God. Uh But yeah, clearly. If you're that good at being a slave guy, maybe we should just name the uh, street after someone else, like a non slave guy who's been to Toronto. <laughs> Makes
0: sense. See, Makes sense. Funny,
1: funny sorry about that. The, the city of Lethbridge was named after a guy. Uh, I think he worked for a trading company in England, and they named it Lethbridge because they were trying to convince him to move to Alberta to come to Lethbridge. They named the city after him, and he never showed up never actually came over Good move. and now nice. there's a city named lethbridge for a guy that never actually went there <laughs> nice
0: well he didn't miss much as someone that lived hey, in lethbridge hey, for four years hey. <laughs>
2: longer i'll walk <laughs> off this but then you get you get really uh funny situations where people are asked and asked to name things like through voting and you uh, end up with
0: bodie mcboatface
2: yeah uh, the internet well, can't be trusted with polls. Yeah, but even pre-internet, they had uh, Thunder Bay was named through a, a vote, a municipal vote. And um, the the options were Lakeside, The Lakeside, and Thunder Bay. And... Uh, the total amount of votes for lakeside and the lakeside absolutely dwarfed thunder bay but because they 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 were two of them they split the vote (laughs) and thunder bay came through in a big way
1: so so that's where the conservatives got the idea for every leadership vote that they've had over the last 20 years is the thunder bay naming vote (laughs) i think they made the right
2: choice let me. Can I just twist this conversation back around here? Mm-hmm. Um, so, naming statues. It's it's not really terribly interesting to me, but like there is stuff that you can do right now. I think that uh, can can help the um, situation. And Coleman, um, you earlier mentioned the. Uh, The, uh, what's the name of that document again? Truth and Reconciliation. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So I had a number of suggestions. A lot of them were under the heading of justice. Um, and people are thinking, well, how, what is justice in this case? Um, for, uh, Canadians, how do we all get a sense of justice? How do our first nations people feel like there's justice in this, uh, scenario? and um it's definitely not an easy thing to to get when the crimes are historical the bodies are buried um and so on and so forth but i i do think that and it's so from a, a date range that goes back you know far into the past as much as probably about 150 years um so I I do think though that there is things you can do. I think you can, uh, I think you can target, start targeting the Catholic Church. To be honest, um, I think the the times of the Catholic Church uh, being treated, or any religion, uh, for that matter, but the Catholic Church just seems like they're, they're one of the worst of them. I think treating them like a special interest group, uh with you know special powers in this in this country need to end mm-hmm. quite frankly um you know if you have uh, concealed bodies on your property um i i don't think it should be then up to you to say we'll release the records we're looking through the records no i think i think it's a criminal investigation mm-hmm. and i think you uh you get your door busted down i think you go to the head catholic church or whatever and you start looking through their records you don't just say will you release the records now please and they say sure we will yes soon (laughs) once once we we burn all the shit that we don't want (laughs) to yeah you go exercise your your uh rights as you know you have a, a federal um police The RCMP, you exercise your rights as an investigative body and you go and you open their doors and you say, we're looking through your shit. And, um, you know, you go over to that corner or you leave the premise, whatever, but we're going through your records. And do that as as follow those trails to as far as you can. And, uh, you know, I don't think you're going to be... you know the the thing that i harkens back to me is is like the nuremberg trials where you get people on trial for crimes against humanity maybe you find smoking guns where you're just like hey this people are still living who, who ran these schools and um who were clearly overseeing this stuff and yeah throw them in jail for sure but you probably won't um you probably get some very old stuff um or maybe you get nothing. But then at the end of the day, when you look at these these churches who ran these schools, who have largely been able to just say, yeah, oh, well, like, um, you know, the, uh, suffered no, zero consequences for the way in which they acted. Um, I think you just have to say, okay, well, look, we knew you guys did this. Uh, and as did we. The, as and when I say we, I mean the Canadian government. They're they're both running these schools in a mm-hmm. certain way. Um, it's time you're gonna have to start paying some property taxes. Let's put the property taxes of churches towards uh, First Nations people in this country. Mm-hmm. Like why I, it, I I know it's it, people ask this question all the time. Why are why don't churches pay taxes in Canada? It's in the U.S. I don't know what it's like for Europe. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. But um, what we have these organizations who um, are uh, you know have cr- have created atrocities against people, and they don't have to pay property taxes because they're a special interest group. That frankly is is becoming more and more and more irrelevant as every day passes, um, and I just think it's time to say, you know what, you can pay the property taxes now, and then uh, it, pe- consumers of the Catholic Church can either continue to, you know, can choose to contribute a bit more to have their buildings. Um, you know, obviously it's not a direct uh, customer. Uh, relationship, you know, it's not exactly transactional, um, but they'll have to figure that out. They'll have to, uh, raise more money to continue to exist. And, but that's, that's their problem. That's what everybody has to deal with right Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And you, you have a government of Canada who could use that money to, I know that, uh, like Justin Trudeau spoke really a big game about first nations uh reconciliation when he first got on the scene most of that has frankly been a a disaster when you look at the truth and reconciliation how long that took and the the uh uh missing murdered and missing uh women um how that you know just kind of the disaster that was that commission as well um and his promise to deliver clean water has gone, uh, you know... Unfulfilled. Unfulfilled. They need that money to do that stuff. So maybe it's time for uh, the churches to start paying for it. And I and I do think the Catholic churches specifically um, should be targeted here uh, due to their, just overall, uh, the cause that they the the fact that they caused lots of this and the fact that they don't want to apologize for it they don't want to they're not forthcoming about it and they just act like they're bulletproof mm-hmm. well they they shouldn't be they should be absolutely under massive scrutiny here and we should we need to start changing how we view these institutions um and we need to start stop we need to stop treating them like they're special to Mm -hmm. be honest
0: well you know that's one more idea than i thought we would get as an actual (laughs) uh you know something that could be done and you know it 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 makes sense to me and i think you're right we could probably let's actually take a look at that that truth and reconciliation commission and maybe start implementing some of the, the recommendations that they made because i think as far as i know a lot of them have gone on uh There's no action been on them. It's like we got this document that says this is what we this you hired us to take a look at this. This is what we think you should do. And then we were kind of like, oh, cool. Yeah, maybe. Um, But yeah, anyway, let's move it along. We did a lot on that, but it's a topic that deserved to be to have that much time on it. Um, But we'll move to lighter, lighter topics now, lighter topics in the Canadian Zeitgeist in the, in the Alberta Zeitgeist, because the greatest outdoor show on earth, the Calgary Stampede, is ongoing, right? A couple more days left, right? Um, mm-hmm. And this was, you know, the signal, basically, that COVID is over. So I noticed that both of you uh, don't have COVID right now. Ergo, COVID is over in Alberta. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the government did was the first, uh, I think, province in Canada to basically lift all public health restrictions in, in regards to the pandemic um, and really didn't, really didn't really hide it. Stampede was the end game. The end game was always to get to Stampede, which for folks not familiar with the Stampede, it's normally what, like uh, a million people visit the... Visit the city, something like this, um, over ten days for a giant rodeo. You know, street festival, parties, rides, all this stuff. Um, it had a lot of people uneasy. The you know, a lot of people felt that they were racing uh, to get this to just to get this stampede in and sort of just to get the win to be the the the, the place that beat COVID the first uh, first kind of thing. Um, but. In credit to Albert, the Alberta people will say more than the government, but the government does play a role in this. Uh, vaccine uptake was really, really good. Uh, it's really, really good across Canada, although first doses have stalled out now. Um, but you know, a lot of people got vaccinated up to the thresholds that the government said that they needed to get in order to do the the opening. So, um, my question for you guys living there is what's your mood uh, in terms of the public uh, health restrictions ending um you're comfortable did you go to Stampede how many random strangers did you make out with at Stampede which is to anyone who's ever been that's what you do there um and do you think that this you know sort of as uh, the premier of alberta has put it uh, best summer ever remains to be seen if it will be the best summer ever um is it going to increase his, you know, historically low popularity? Is it going to help turn the page for a government that was pretty, pretty hard maligned at times during this pandemic? Um, Coleman, go to you first.
1: Well, to answer your questions in order. Um, I've not been to Stampede yet. So I, I live in Edmonton. We do not have Stampede up here. Well, you're not going to make the journey? No, no, no. No, I was going to try and get my public sex act done in Edmonton this year. And <laughs> not not in Calgary. Um No, it's Gross. it's I feel Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um I feel I here's my thing. I really want this opening to work. I really want it to stick cuz I a lot of like especially bars and restaurants anything that's in the public entertainment space has just been just brutally hammered this year so i really want it to work i'm a little nervous because every single time we've opened up we've proven to have done it too early we never had this level of vaccine uptakes like i've had both my
0: shots both uh both pfizer pfizer brad you're an astrazeneca guy right it, it, that's correct. Uh, I got it uh, because nobody else in Europe wanted it, and I said, "Just give me something." That's that's <laughs> because it's a
1: it's a peasants vaccine. <laughs> it's a subpar. It's <laughs> a it's a used Kia of vaccines. I wouldn't be caught dead with AstraZeneca. I'm here to announce to everyone out there: if you are considering, if you're on the fence, wondering about getting your first shot, and the only one you have available is AstraZeneca, do not get it. Do not. We have the to- embarrassment. Put the disclaimer offi- in right
0: now, like <laughs> Instagram, Facebook, this is, everything. This is actual. official.
1: <laughs> this is a official to Brad for you statement. Do not get Astrazeneca. Dude, Wait for Pfizer. I endorse
0: this. I have Astrazeneca.
1: It's the, no, it's the it's Toyota a,
0: Corolla vaccines. Come on, let's be real.
1: Yeah, just, just keeps going, keeps going. Sounds like shit, but keeps going. Yeah. Um, so I, a lot of. Alberta's been better on the vaccine update than I expected, uptick that I expected. Um, a, lot, a lot of people I know have gotten two shots. Is Pretty much at this point, if you don't have both shots, it's you're just deciding not to have both shots at this point, which is kind of a... reflects well in the federal government, which I'm sure we'll get to later. But... Like I say, I I I really want this opening to work. It'll be after a stampede. I guess we'll see if there's a spike, because it's the first big test of big mass. Even though I I'm pretty sure attendance is down quite a bit, Mm -hmm. but it's the first test of having like it's still the biggest public
0: event happening in Canada since the pandemic. I mean, for sure.
1: Yeah. So if we can get through that without a spike in Calgary specifically. I don't think there's been a ton of travel between Edmonton and Calgary for Stampede. people. Well, and I, that's just the anecdotal. federal
0: government has kept the international border still really tight, so that's probably going to mm-hmm. help. You know, not introduce a bunch of different cases or variants or something like this. Uh, I guess the question will be: even if you see a surge in cases, do we just see the same hospitalizations and deaths that that follow? And the vaccine should break that, but remains to be yeah. seen. Yeah. I mean, because that's kind of my understanding. We're kind of getting
1: towards like the flu shot model where people are still going to get the flu, but you don't have, you're not clogging up the hospitals with our dead sort of thing that we were doing before. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of the best we can hope for is someone that knows nothing of science. And I I don't, frankly, listen to this podcast very often and hear about (laughs) (laughs) vaccine stuff. But like, if we can get to that point where we can have, and I guess in Edmonton, like we, Everything, like I said, COVID does not exist in Alberta anymore. Like, nightclubs are open. We're having concerts, live venues. Um, places are packed. White Apps packed most Fridays. So it's good. I want it to work. Will it work? I don't know. Our track record of opening up kind of speaks for itself at this point. Yeah. I hope if we're locked down again in September, I don't know where the hell we go from there. But I kind of think with the the vaccinations we've had, had that... Because it's kind of like the urban like Calgary and Edmonton specifically's numbers are really high as far as vaccine, vaccines go rural Alberta is still a bit not great but yeah i think as long as the the heavily packed areas of, of Alberta are vaccinated we might get away with it yeah
0: um i mean this is that yeah not to turn this into a, a science episode but i tend to agree that yeah the vaccine coverage uh, has been good and it should it should negate uh any more serious uh, waves the pandemic seems to shift to now a pandemic of the unvaccinated but my question then uh will go to you steve of what what do you think this does for the for the maligned premier who jason kenny who has the lowest uh, approval rating still uh in the country um is Stampede a big enough win? Is it, did, do enough people care? Is this going to turn, turn things around for him?
2: Oh man, you always ask me the political follow questions.
0: Well, because Coleman doesn't answer them, so I have to go to you. <laughs> I there were so many questions <laughs> that I, you gave me like three questions. <laughs> I answered style. like two of them. It's pretty good. i have a bunch a... <laughs> of questions thrown at you, and you better be concise.
1: I'm going to bring a pad and paper oh, no. next time and write down all the questions so I can answer them in full. Anyway, yeah. Bart, question for you, Bart. What do you think the political fallout <laughs> is going to be from uh,
2: Stampede? Thank you. Um, yeah. I mean, it's clearly, uh, well, at least you have to wait and see, I suppose. But it looks like a win. Right it's a now. bold answer. You have I to wait and see. Yeah, wait and see, baby. Um, no, it's it's. Uh, listen, we've been open now for over two weeks, and uh, the, uh, the cases are are low in Alberta specifically, but they're low across Canada. Um, the uh, RT value is increasing towards one, but it's not at one yet. And I think you, you would expect the RT level to, um, stabilize around one. Uh, I don't like, we're, we're not going to eliminate the coronavirus. So if the RT value stayed below one indefinitely, we would eliminate it, but we won't, uh, especially with the Delta variants. So I, I think the goal and... Correct me if I'm wrong, if, if this is, is not necessarily the goal, but is to to get cases low and then have the RT value stabilize at or below one. I think that sounds like a nice, uh, sounds like a nice thing to achieve. Um, I don't know, like the, the, the thing with Delta variant obviously is, is the second dose and, um. Right now Canada's I think over fifty percent now second dose. Alberta is ahead in that due to I don't know, I think it's I think it's a tremendous job by AHS to you know, the only the only thing I can think of as to why Alberta would be outpacing the rest the rest of Canada is just based on organization. Um not that I have any inside information, but uh, albert has been incredibly organized in how they've delivered uh the vaccine um so we're we're at over 50 now but as you know it takes two weeks for for it to come online um so like my two week days is tomorrow uh but um you know knowing that it takes two weeks and we're at 50 percent now i think we can expect to be at that seventy to seventy-five percent double dose within, you know, probably mid August. So the RT value should stay around half to one. I would, or you know, below one or at one. I would assume, um, based on that, unless something unexpected happens. Well, that, that that is all to say that Alberta has opened without the hiccups that you that you could have been fearful of and um without any thing new information it it looks like it's going to be pretty seamless um uh you mentioned coleman that the uh that the larger city centers alberta or sorry calgary and edmonton are are where the most heavy Uh, vaccination rates are. And I think that's a good thing. I mean, it's not a good thing that the rural areas are not um, at the same level. But if you have Calgary and Edmonton at 80% plus of eligible, those are the dense, most dense areas, then it stands to reason that the spread uh, doesn't have as, as much of a chance in the in the rural areas to to happen maybe that's actually just a misconception by me i have no idea um, but uh yeah i think i i think that the the big win will be to get the the uh rural centers at a higher vaccination rate i think there's ways to do it including uh well i we all saw the new incentive prizes for vaccines we're all like uh, very hilariously stereotypical um, redneck uh, rural Alberta uh, type things like get a, get a ah. hunting license and a fishing license and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a hunting uh, license for life. Yeah, hunting license for life. For life. That's pretty good. Uh, I, I I'm not sure if the incentives do anything. I think you're gonna have to eventually twist their arms and uh, and you know especially if covid's hanging around it and being still very pesky you you incentivize vaccines by having negative outcomes for for not having the vaccine and not the negative outcome of covid because once you have it it's too late um but the negative outcome of well you can't you don't have as many freedoms as those who do have a vaccine um it would be nice if it didn't come to that because that's that's dicey i know it's Dicey from a legal point of view, a constitutional point of view, a, a charter point of view. Um, and it just sounds like what, what would, could be a giant waste of resources and time to have to fight that battle. Um, but it, we, we might get there. Uh is it a win for Jason Kenny I I think you'll notice that I don't do conciseness or concision or uh even circumcision. Just don't, don't do it. Uh, are you saying those words, are you saying you
1: don't perform words? circumcisions or that you are not in fact circumcised? I think the listeners
2: would like to know specifically. Listen, I'll perform them but my day rate is like uh pretty big. It's Barg pretty the moil. Big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um so anyway uh so it's so if everything happens and no unexpected things happen then you have to say that it is a win to open first i mean there's there's other benefits to opening first other than just saying we did it i mean the whole point of opening first is is to, you know, charge up the economy and get people back to work and get things back to normal and have more, have better mental health and to allow people to socialize and do regular things. I mean, obviously we want to do that sooner rather than later. Uh, So in my mind, it's a win. Is it enough to move the needle? I don't know. I think I I think that the government itself is just so uh, um, consumed with with moving the news cycle from one thing to the next, and they are always sticking their foot in their mouths and that kind of thing. And there's so many hiccups that it's like uh, people might kind of just forget forget that this is a win and and continue to move on to their other shortcomings mm-hmm. wow. And uh, sorry just to uh, one one more thing that i forgot you said that the calgary uh stampede is the biggest uh public event since since uh or in this kind of era of covid um i i have to think with no number basis backing me up that the montreal stanley cup run slash riots was was a bigger <laughs> more dense uh, <laughs> gathering than the Calgary Stampede was like even just pictures yeah, of that square was like, the Stampede doesn't look like that. Yeah. it's not. I mean, and I there didn't probably see wasn't as much testing. Making out,
0: Stampede's doing a lot of no. testing uh, to get into different venues, to get into different buildings, that kind of thing. So yeah,
1: well, and I, like they haven't been announcing attendance numbers at all, so that just leads me to think they're way down. I've talked to a couple people that in Cal, my friends in Calgary, that go to stampede religiously when it's going on and neither of them have actually been to the grounds yet
2: yeah yeah i think clearly the numbers are down but there's no benefit in releasing the numbers because either people will say oh you oh it's not very big oh you didn't you didn't get very many people down or they'll say it's too much yeah you know yeah yeah. they'll they'll die by that sort either way right so yeah and
1: i will say as far as like because the kenny government they have all this time, have been saying that we need vaccines to open up. We need vaccine. That was like their line. So now it kind of seems like whatever win you get from opening up, I think a lot of people are giving the credit to the federal government because they're the ones that are sourcing these vaccines. Mm-hmm. Like they're the ones that have gotten so many of them. So yeah, even if like if I said, like, it, it, if it yeah. comes off as a big win, it might just not be for her, Kenny. It might be for Trudeau. Yeah, it could be for really Trudeau. in a lot of people's minds. Well, then and is... I've solved the rural, I've solved the rural vaccination problem. I just oh, came nice. up with this idea. So what we do is we get a team of gun-toting rednecks. And we tell them, you have to get double vaccines like to a posse, for this new job. Right? Like a posse, yeah. exactly. You have to get two vaccines to get into this posse. And they're down with that because they want to be in a posse, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to be in a posse. Mm-hmm. And then we arm them with tranquilizer guns filled with Pfizer, the vaccine of choice, not AstraZeneca. <laughs> and we send them out to hunt rural Albertans with a... <laughs> <laughs> hunting
0: license for life of other humans. <laughs> With a
1: hunting license for life to hunt men, yeah. the most dangerous
0: game of all. <laughs> and we vaccinate people that way. Good <laughs> work. Good work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good work. Um, I like it. All right. Well, there's a Steve. You mentioned that you know this government jumping from one thing to the other. They're going to put their foot in their mouth about something else. Um, I kind of wanted to touch on that, but we're we're, we're pushing time here so the other big news is the uh federal election um and we just mentioned that or the supposed federal election the, the the federal election that that keeps teasing all the pundits keep teasing but we have no indication of when it will happen all the projections are saying what now summer election or early fall um there's some interesting things going on there and i'm you mentioned that this this the the vaccine thing could be a win for the could end up being a win for trudeau because you know the, basically they came through on their promise right they said that everyone would have these vaccines they said they would get it in the early days everyone was freaking out and the opposition the conservative opposition took a real hard line on well they they fucked it up they fucked it up We're, they're not going to meet this goal they're not going to meet this goal and then they did so it was a I mean, people were, pundits were calling it a bad strategy at the beginning, saying, you, you know, if, you, if they make this goal, it's your whole line of attack is gone. Um, seems to have happened. And the, and for various other reasons, I'm sure, you know, the, the liberals are, are, are riding high right now. So this is why, you know, everyone thinks that the election will happen, because they've got all the cards. They, they hold all the cards. Um, Aaron O'Toole was elected the leader. Uh, there was some, you know, thought in the conservative circles that this would be the guy to to you know replace Sheer. He was you know the the bland sort of, no personality, the inept leader that that, that Sheer was. But O'Toole hasn't seemed to be able to get any traction uh, in terms of popularity for himself in the polls. Uh, but also the party and just recently this week. There was a number of different uh, opinion pieces scattered about the Canadian media uh, Musing as to what's what's going on with the conservative party? What you know what why can't they? You know seem to get any traction here uh, some pointed to fundraising and being beholden to small donors that are somewhat crazy Uh, You know, make up the fringe elements of the party. Some pointed to uh, O'Toole wanting to take the party towards a more sort of mainstream, you know, some might even say progressive kind of platform. You know, he wanted to introduce, you know, climate plans, robust climate plans, things like this, and the party sort of rejecting him on that. Uh, is it the leader? Is it the leader himself? Is he just not that likable? Uh, what what could it be uh, with the Conservative Party and why they're failing to gain momentum uh, in polls? Or is it just the liberals have beat them to the punch on 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 things? So they're the they're the incumbent. They weathered the storm, the pandemic storm, got the so-called pandemic bump. Um, Coleman, since you wanted a politics question, what do, you, what do you think it is with the Conservative Party? Like, for example, what would it take for you to sort of become a Conservative voter? Um, I don't know
1: what it would take for me to become a Conservative voter, but I will say we, we talk on this podcast a lot about the Conservatives having a problem with being a big tent and trying to keep everyone happy, and it's just not not working at all and i'm kind of perplexed by it because like we're, we're all very intelligent people and like aaron o'toole has pretty much done everything that we've recommended that he did in the last few <laughs> podcasts we've recorded it's like i think i remember scott at one point saying that they need to like bring in a a legitimate climate plan and they kind of came up as far as the conservative party goes they came up with a somewhat legitimate climate or climate plan and i've kind of talked about not not courting to the far right side and he's kicked that couple or that one mp out I, his name is escaping me right now that lunatic Derek sloan yeah kicked him out he, they're kind of like o'toole's running that party like how i think we would think he should and it is not working it is not working at all i'm beginning to doubt my uh my <laughs> my ideas for being a successful conservative party because i feel like if i was uh if i was the like uh working for the conservative party and advising Aaron O'Toole, I would have been telling him, like, yeah, you're doing the right thing, you're doing the right thing, and I'd probably be fired right now, because this guy is tanking. He is bad. It's not good. Mm-hmm. Like, this, this, uh, there's polling coming out that he's the third, he's ranking below Jagmeet now in the NDP as far as, like, preferred prime minister. The liberals are catching up in Alberta in polling, which, if you have to, as a conservative leader in an election, have to spend any time in Alberta to, like, Short, short of the base. base. Yeah. Like, you're, you're in trouble. Like This is bad. Um, and yeah, like I say, they went all in on the liberals screwing up the vaccine distribution, which as far as like a country that has no vaccine manufacturing capability, has anyone in the world done better than us on vaccines? No, I don't think. America- no, Canada's yeah, think ranked anyone. number
0: one in a lot of the different categories, no matter which way you slice it. S-
1: yeah, specifically having no access to manufacturing capabilities. Because I think even Israel has some access to manufacturing. Yeah, well, and they were able to cut some,
0: some deals with some of the manufacturers directly, I think, due to some connections. But Yeah,
1: but, yeah. And, like, I don't well, know. The maybe connections? It's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. Mm. <laughs> sure thing, Moil Moyle Barg is on the case there. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know... I guess I don't know. You you can't beat the liberals in this election. Like after you can say with like ethics wise, they still have their faults, but at the end of the day this this was gonna be won and lost on vaccines, and I was told I would be lucky to get my second shot by September. And it's July and I've got both shots. Of the best vaccine too, not a peasant one like AstraZeneca (laughs) or Moderna. Ooh, I'm a Moderna guy. Get out of here with your Moderna. (laughs) Pathetic. Um yeah. Aaron Tool is in a tough spot. He's clearly a better leader than Andrew Shearer. The numbers just aren't working. Like mm-hmm. it's, like I don't want to say I'd, I, 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 because this is a podcast. We're supposed to say what we would do. He's done a lot of things that I said he should do, and it is not working yeah. at all. I think he should consider getting into consulting. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that might be a good idea. Um, I'm sure he's got some good government contacts that. Some special interest will pay him quite a bit to consult on what they should do after this election when he gets slaughtered and gets kicked yeah, out. Yeah, so you think if he and loses that might he's be a done. good
0: they, they, yeah. It's yeah. Same cycle of you can't you can't beat Trudeau, so yeah, they'll, kill him and put in the next guy.
1: He's really hard. To, Trudeau is a remarkably good campaigner. Um, the Conservatives always have half the party always have their knives out for the leader. It seems. I don't know who they even go with after this because I think Peter McKay hates them. I don't think he's coming back. Like, it would be great just, to see yeah. him
0: come back and lose again, and then just
1: yeah, <laughs> just. and he would because he's the he'd be like if they have another jumping way ahead. So they lose this election, they have another leadership race. Peter McKay comes in and he's the favorite. They have their thing, and
0: the third choice wins again, whoever Always. that is. Yeah, yeah. Um. So then, Steve. Uh, to you, is it the li- is it is it is it something the liberals are doing, or is it something the conservatives are doing? You can give your thoughts in that framework.
2: You want the political fallout?
0: Yeah, that's right. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> See, if Scott was here, we could we be- could buffer it around, you know. But it's just the way that it's gone today, Steve. Unfortunately,
1: Scott has a bunch of bodies in his backyard, and mm. the police are thoroughly investigating him. He should have been a church. He won't be on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh okay well
2: um yeah buy, your, buy yourself some it's time a, i think the real question is did you mean aaron brockovich <laughs> it's hard to tell
0: it's hard to tell them apart
2: <laughs> yeah um uh, man tough one for aaron o'toole and the conservatives but i just think that it's like but when you deal with uh the pandemic which is the most pressing uh, situation in our lifetime, uh, in many ways. I don't know. Maybe someone, maybe Coleman had uh, syphilis, and that was a personal challenge for him. But as in terms that of was like his a, personal a, a group, yeah. <laughs> it was my, of, my
1: my my Vietnam was that that yeah. bad case of the clap that I had back yeah.
2: in twenty nineteen. That's right. Um, it's the Edmonton Public Sex Act that I'll get to every time. <laughs> Um, A lot of good
1: men, a lot of good men cut down in their prime.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think the, the, you know, if we say it's the most pressing kind of urgent issue that we've dealt with, uh, which it's got to be up there or number one, then uh, you come out of it looking good, then it's people are going to like you. And that's, that's that, that covers up a lot of stuff. I know, and it's it's largely a federal issue like coleman said it's um it's people look to the guy who got the vaccines and, and distributed them to the provinces uh rather than necessarily looking at the provinces although i do think ahs has done a, a tremendous job yeah and they should be uh they, th- that is a win for them and
1: all. ahs employees are being rewarded fairly in alberta that job with That's pay right. cuts across yeah. the board. Yeah, <laughs>
2: um, but uh, yeah, so I, I do think he is largely unbeatable due to that um, at this point, and and uh, you know, like it's pretty tough, right? I remember there was a ten-ish year period where I uh, know maybe it wasn't quite ten years, but the Liberals just couldn't get anybody with that that name value or whatever uh with any pizzazz Yeah, they went through uh, stefan dion Linnette.
0: michael Ignatieff.
2: yeah and it seems like the the conservatives have a similar dry spell of of these uh guys who are just not not able to get the lift they need um for going to
0: use uh, so do you Renu think it is a, it's, the... it's a leader issue then for the conservatives or is it uh, is it you know sort of deeper than that
2: oh well i mean where it stems you from you the leader, of the leader? <laughs> um no yes yes i do think it's a leader issue but i mean it's also like uh so yeah personality wise but it's also le- like a uh, political strategy um Thing as well, like you know, I don't know who's calling the shots over there for old old tool, but um,
0: but if it's certainly has, not calling uh,
2: A commercial saying, you know, not anymore, anyway, who am I? Who is this guy? Like, if you're just admitting that nobody knows who the hell you are, that's the first thing you do. Maybe it's like maybe come in with a little bit more, uh, you know, with a little more shine on your shoes, you know. Um, but uh yeah i think it's a leader thing i think it's i think it's a trudeau thing i think we may get a second wave of trudeau mania cuz uh, you know he did he had the beard mm-hmm. and the long hair and i think people I, I think everybody actually liked that but then he shaved and just reminded us all you know that <laughs> he's got this young kind of baby face side to him too and i think i think trudeau mania is going to reignite um, and um, you know I think also blackface works better if you're clean shaven. Right. I've heard. It's easier. So I don't easier know. Easier to apply
0: and remove.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You ever it's tried c- to get
1: shoe polish out of a beard? <laughs> yeah. It's, tough. Cl-
2: it's clearly a white guy it's beard tough. he's got as well. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. If he wants to apply the, uh cosmetics, it's easier now. Um so yeah i think we're we're gonna get another wave of trudomania and then and then uh i think that the, a third term is is enough uh for for any government really um so hopefully uh some hilarious scandal will um bring him bring him down after another term and and um let's get that uh
0: Pendulum swinging guy? back
2: the other way who's the new guy oh man mark mark carney carney is it carney yeah
0: mark carney former i was gonna former say bank of canada i was gonna say curry no and uh, mark
2: carney yeah let's get him in there i've actually heard
0: or christian freeland
2: voters nah, i don't know I like Mark Carney. Uh,
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he clearly had a train of thought here that Kristen Fieland is not a part of. <laughs>
2: yeah. So, uh, and for the conservatives, I think they had a star candidate in uh, Ronna Ambrose, who just decided very valiantly to just say, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, oh, that's the person that I want. Mm -hmm. all you have to do is say that and i'm like oh yeah i'll vote for you now but i don't want to be it's a catch 22 because they can't be voted for Mm -hmm. man i wonder if she can pivot from that and really uh lift off from there i hope they go with michelle remple
1: because that would be a train wreck just a train wreck well and this is okay
0: this she'd be running from oklahoma (laughs) not actually in canada um this is a this is i mean okay so we're hearing that it's yeah okay o'toole doesn't have the pizzazz that trudeau does and the the liberals obviously have the the bump from from navigating the the pandemic successfully uh also the none of the attacks have really been able to stick you know uh the to to trudeau and you know part of that i'm sure is his charisma and part of that is uh, i'm sure is the people who are delivering the attacks and this is what you know my thoughts i'll i'll point in i'll push in here is that I think that the conservatives just that's all they're offering right now is a tax they don't have you know they don't really come out with a clear you know vision they say oh yeah well we're better with the economy like it's just a given that that they're gonna be better uh, stewards of the economy or uh, you know they but there's no real I feel like if they had a better story if they had a better um, message something that wasn't just don't we all hate Trudeau because they keep their base hates Trudeau, but not everybody does. You know, a lot of people could tolerate him. You know, I, I, I don't particularly like Trudeau, uh, but I find him more palatable than the other options. So it's, you know, that's kind of, I feel like there's a lot of people in that way. So if they actually provided more of an option rather than just an anti um, whatever the current guy is. And I think this is kind of a problem. Um conservative movements across the world are facing, you know, if they lean into that populism, and the attacks, you always have to, you always have to up the ante, you always have to find new things to attack, and you're not really providing an image of something, uh, you know, positive, or that people can get on board with. So you either have as much hate and anger as, as the party, or you're going to go elsewhere. And I feel like that's running out of steam, you know, they're, they're not going to be able to, you know, sort of gin up enough uh, anger. So, I give O2 a credit I mean, for that, trying. I think he's trying to pull uh, the, the party away from that. But every other day I see something from, you know, one of the MPs, Polivier or, or someone else. That's just, it's just, you know, Twitter attack on so and so. I mean, the guy, the liberal guy that, you know, got caught twice naked on camera, that's not even going to stick to him. That guy's getting <laughs> help. the is. help that he needs,
1: though. <laughs> Uh, it's, he's gonna go he needs to go get
0: help for it's like what kind of help no, you get the statement like? he released was that he works too hard and he's trying he's he's working too hard so he doesn't have time to sort of change at home or whatever like it was that was the statement I don't remember it exactly but his statement was basically he needs help being more um, efficient with his time and like understanding how Zoom works and stuff oh. because he's just too busy so what the time like are these guy- Zoom calls happening no. hmm Sounds like this guy nailed
2: his job interview question. Yeah, exactly. What's your, what's your greatest fault? Well, I'm a constantly caught naked on camera because I work too hard. <laughs> <laughs> You're hired. The second one, the second one he, was, he was like
1: taking a piss with the door open with the camera facing the door directly. Into like, a cup, yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. We have jugs for a reason. Just keep the mm. jug under your desk, it's fine. <laughs> I'm doing it right now. No <laughs> one knows. <laughs> yeah. I think you, you mentioned the conservatives not having, like, they're just doing the attack thing. I think the liberals are really in that mindset back when they were in the the Ignatieff days and the Dion days. Like, they'd have those attack ads against Harper where they had, like, troops on the streets and stuff like yeah. that. Just fucking nonsense. Like, absolute nonsense. And they didn't really win until they got Trudeau and then they kind of started campaigning on ideas and stuff like that. And it was a great time. It was a very exciting time for Canada. The the weed was going to be legal and everything was going to be great and we weren't going to have any more uh, scandals and ethics inquiries and stuff like that. And for the most part, that's turned out to be true. I I can't really (laughs) think of any sort of (laughs) ethical missteps this government has made. But uh, yeah, my answer for the Conservatives is just get through this one. Just yeah, get through it. Don't don't drop just. Try your
2: best. I think it's pretty difficult. They might. What you said, Brad, is uh, presenting a vision that includes now a climate plan, that includes potentially, as Coleman said, trying to get away from the wingnut side of the party. Um, but then it's. I think it's difficult to get your, to get conservative voters pumped up about that right so they may it may take them a cycle or two to get conservative voters used to it or just to get voters used to the fact that um they are trying to hit the middle a little bit more um because i I just don't think that, that that uh with the messaging it's tricky to get the messaging right like how am i a conservative that also has a strong climate plan Mm -hmm. Right. What is the messaging around that? Like you have to kind of, um, dance on a pinhead to make that happen. Um, so, um, yeah, I think they're, I think they're gonna, they're in tough. They need a a guy to come out, uh, and, and challenge someone else to a boxing match. (laughs) You got to get a guy to fall down some stairs and then recover, do the fall down stairs recover thing. And uh, that—that's what they need right now.
0: Right. All well, things uh, that famously. If I was O'Toole at this Tr- Trudeau.
1: Uh-huh. If I was O'Toole at this point, just get weird with it. You've got one. You've got one last election in you, before you get brutally thrown out by your caucus. Just get weird with it. Do mm. do some new things. <laughs> get
0: naked on camera, you <laughs> know, so to speak. Well, I wonder. I wonder how much of it too is like. Can they sort of judo flip some of the things that 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 the that the liberals seem to be riding high on can like, for example, now Trudeau going across the nation with the childcare, the the $10 a day childcare program? Is there a way that they can flip that to yeah, we're on board 950. with that. Nine, 950, <laughs> 950 a day child care. No, no you go. I think, make you, it go, the choice I think thing. you go. I think you go higher. The choice argument that the conservatives always do. You know, it's like rather than the government telling you what to do, we can give you like we'll give you the choice. But it just seems that that's a more complicated message to to sell. So yeah, I don't know. I think well, you got to take the, the child care thing. You have to attack it from like a sales
1: perspective. It's like, do you really want to send your child to a ten dollar a day child care
0: service? Does your child not deserve twelve fifty? $25 yeah. <laughs> a day, childcare. Yeah. You know, really play on the class divide. That's going to go really well uh, for the conservatives, I'm sure. Hey, it's, it's, the poor conservative
1: voters want to be rich and rich conservative voters are already rich. Play towards the, the rich side. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah I, I mean, we've, I think we can, we can wrap it up here. There would be some interesting things. That, I mean, the NDP doesn't seem to be doing much. They're kind of, they might benefit from maybe the conservatives dropping, although the conservatives I don't know that many voters, many swing voters uh, uh, would go conservative to NDP. It could there could be a, a contingent of people out there that do that um, It seems that the Liberals kind of are sucking up uh, all the oxygen for the from the NDP and, yeah, the Greens, which I don't think we really have time to touch on it, but the Greens are imploding at a moment when uh, all of their issues seem to be at the at the forefront of the news, uh, all of the climate news, yeah, no. and the Green Green Party of Canada is internally battling to get rid of their elected leader. It just looks like a clown show. Uh, it's unfortunate that Elizabeth May hasn't stepped up to say something, but. I don't know where she's been uh, in all of this, but it just seems like a a total implosion. And after this election cycle, if and when it happens, there might not be a Green Party in the parliament for sure.
1: Well, I mean, Aaron O'Toole's got a climate plan. They could be the de facto Green Party. (laughs) Do we really need two environmentally conscious parties if we have the conservatives and the Greens? Doesn't really make sense. Seems like kind of like a hat on a hat situation. But the Greens are crazy. Like I don't know. Like all that work, that party was like designed just to get Elizabeth May into power, and then it seems like when she decided to stop caring, they just completely lost any sort
0: of direction. Well, there was a lot of there was a lot of enthusiasm for the leader at the the new leader Anna Mae Paul at the beginning. But you know, trying to trace back where this where it all went sour within the party, I think it stems from some you know disagreements on. Uh, Israel-Palestine policy which seems like something you could have within your caucus and not totally explode uh, now I'm seeing allegations of, you know, it's racism and sexism uh, against her from the board of directors of the party but who knows that against yeah. her? yeah, yeah She's 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 a black woman. Yeah, exactly. She's being racist and sexist. No, 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 no. The Ooh, party right. apparatus, the board of directors of the party.
1: Is, oh, they're is, being. Yeah. Oh, I thought the, I thought the board was accusing
0: her. I'm like, that's pretty yeah. bold. <laughs> I don't think that one's <laughs> gonna stick. Bold move. Yeah, no. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's a it's a weird story. I mean, we'll, we'll see how it plays out, but um. the the Greens are that for people that still go on Facebook, they're that
1: that part of your family that has all their fights on Facebook. <laughs> like out in the open
0: for everyone it's like no pick up the phone fight in private no one needs to see like this shit. once a year at thanksgiving and that's it yeah maybe at christmas yeah
1: now yeah, i've 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 had members to do that you see they post a status and there's 48
0: comments on it it's like
1: that's too many comments
0: don't don't do this this is bad this is bad all right well gentlemen if there's uh if there's nothing burning uh in your pockets Uh, other than, you know, embers from the forest fires uh, that you want to talk about, then let's wrap it up. Yeah, Um, let's get a quick plug in at my Instagram account, at
1: Lionel Steele, and uh, remind everyone, if you're considering getting a vaccine, do not settle for anything less than Pfizer. If they offer you anything but Pfizer, say no
0: say no I'll wait this it's worth that nothing. message is not endorsed by too bad for you however too bad for you will endorse the extremely exorbitant day rates for Steve Barg, the Moil mm yeah it's big <laughs>
1: yeah it's not $10 a day moil yeah, you, you want to pay it's for good quality. high quality moil you, you want to pay for quality yeah what kind
2: of, what kind of moil do you want
1: <laughs> if you feel like being an intact male is a bit too much work. If you're tired of cleaning under the foreskin and you'd like to save yourself some time every morning, contact Steve Bark, he'll he'll take I, care of that for you. I also
2: do uh, reverse
1: circumcisions. Put it back on. You add the skin back on. Yeah. Where do you get the skin? Don't ask. <laughs> you,
2: you... don't... You don't get the skin. It's a stretching process. Okay, we're done here. Oh. Thanks, guys. <laughs> it's a... <laughs> it's a weight and pulley apparatus.
1: Yeah. Does it make the whole apparatus longer? Or is it just adding more skin on? Asking for a friend. Yeah, no. It, it,
2: it makes it more... Stretchy. Like, I mean, stretch is it. It turns it, turns, it's it, it turns it into the yoga pants. The yoga pants I'm
0: looking for something. Can. That's it. That's all. Many thanks for the guys for joining and, and as always, taking everything so, so seriously. Uh, go to the website, 2 Follow the show. You can donate to the show. You can get in touch with the show. Thanks again for listening. Bye for now. Do we start this thing? Yeah. I thought okay. we'd already
1: started. That can be four minutes of bonus footage or listening yeah. for your Patreon
2: listeners.
0: Bonus material at the end for the YouTube subscribers, for the Patreon. That's right. No, put no, no. i no, no. Put it
2: at your uh, fans-only page. Fan? You mean
0: OnlyFans? <laughs> OnlyFans. I just learned. <laughs> I just learned about this yesterday. <laughs> you know what OnlyFans? It's uh. Wait. So <laughs> what's your handle now, Barg? Where can we get your Barg butt pics? <laughs> it's toes baby toes oh you're in the toe game mm. yeah. yeah i can see that yeah. i can see that yeah,
1: it's, it's hard to make money in the in the butt industry and OnlyFans. there's a lot of butts out there not a, a lot of toes not it's a, lot a
0: saturated of market yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah if you can get some you know maybe a little portly toes with a little bit of hair on there oh yeah you know the bears are into it
1: yeah, yeah. i make my money in pressed hams personally <laughs>
0: <laughs> on the shower door or in windows, well, any sort
1: of any sort of pane of glass, really.
0: <laughs> All right, I'm gonna bring it in. I'm gonna bring it. In.